Well, I want to welcome you back to the Daily Decade. Your rosary is back on the road. I, I really have to beg your forgiveness, everyone, for how long I've been gone. I was not expecting it to stretch into a full two weeks as it did. Uh, in fact, I was really hoping that this episode I was going to be able to record it last Thursday, but things happened in such a way that I couldn't. Um, I was originally just going to say it was a hiatus for a personal emergency, but I saw that uh, it was on the telegram uh, that it was a death in the family. And, you know, it, death, death in families have a funny way of creating an awful lot of work for the people who are uh, directly involved. And this was one that really directly affected me personally. So it took me out of... Uh, out of commission for a little bit I had to turn all of my focus towards what I was doing in relationship to that uh, and the result was that I, I just didn't have the time to I haven't, I haven't been able to do anything at, with, with the telegram channel at all uh, we have the uh, the posts that have gone up there for the uh, novena the 40 day novena to St. Augustine which we still have that's still happening uh, and aside from that, I haven't updated us for the month of August. This is the month of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, by the way. We just had a first Saturday and a first Friday, and I don't think either of those things got up, got done and, and put up there. Uh, it's just been everything, all of my time and all of my energies have been completely occupied by what I've been doing, and I, I really have to beg your forgiveness for that. For uh, whatever value this thing has, I know that it has some value to some people, and uh, the fact that it is uh, that it wasn't there uh, for two weeks—that's entirely on me. And I hope you forgive me for uh, taking a little bit longer than I expected. Uh, in the meanwhile, while I was away, I received an email in the inbox from a one of our perennial listeners, S, who uh, has is very pleased to say that our prayers for him have been. Uh, widely successful. Uh, the uh, situations uh, in which he found himself have largely resolved themselves. Things have gotten better at work, and he's being given new. He's uh, embarking on some new things at work that he wants some prayers for. So I want to pray for him. Uh, and uh, he also mentioned, although I don't expect that he wanted me to share this, uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to anyway uh, because I want to thank him for it. Uh, he had heard the. Little thing that I gave on donations and sending money in, and he had uh, given a contribution uh, to the priest for, to the Society of Saint Pius X, uh, and I want to thank him very much for that. He, he didn't say how much he gave, and I don't want to know. Uh, but the fact that he gave a donation, the fact that he gave money to them rather than to me, that's something I want to thank him for, and encourage the rest of y'all to do as well. That was a little while ago. I, I had. In the course of 24 hours, I had two or three separate people approach me about giving money and how to give money and how to support uh, what we're doing here with the Daily Decade. And the best way to support what we're doing is to support the goal of the apostolate, which is... Uh, I, I hate that word. I'm not an apostle. I don't try to be an apostle. I'm not, I'm not pretending to be. I have no authority in the church. I'm just a layman. Uh, but... I guess that's the way that you describe what it is that we're trying to do here. My goal is to bring people the rosary. That's it. Uh, that's, that's my only goal, is to get you, whoever is hearing my voice right now, to get you to pick up a rosary. You hear the beads? To get you to pick up a rosary 
and pray at least a decade of it every day. Preferably pray the whole thing. Pray five decades. Pray 15. Bishop Williamson has that watch and pray, watch and pray 15 decades every day. I I can't do 15 decades a day. There's simply too much going on in my life. Now, maybe I'm making excuses, and that's not good either, but whatever the case may be, most people cannot get 15 decades in a day. So I think five decades a day, sit down, give yourself 15, give 15 minutes of your time to the Blessed Mother every day. And you will see things improve. You will see things, you will do better in your life. It will make a difference. And it will draw you closer to God, and if you care about the truth, it will draw you closer to the truth. That's the sum total of everything that I'm trying to accomplish here. So, if you want to help me to do that, that's where you give your money to people that are trying to accomplish the same thing. That's why I encourage the Latin Mass Societies because they all push the rosary. The Society of St. Pius X is one of them. Uh, the SSPX, if you look them up, the FSSP, which is the Priestly Fraternity of St. Peter. Uh, Institute of Christ the King Sovereign Priests, uh, which is... I think if you look up the Institute of Christ the King, it'll give you what you're looking for. And there's others as well. That's It's not limited to them. Uh, you know, it, it's anybody who's pushing the rosary. The, the Fatima Center pushes the rosary. Uh, and uh, I, I don't have any problems with them. Uh, they're, they're trying to do, accomplish the same thing I'm trying to accomplish, which is get people to pray the rosary every day. They have slightly different reasons than I do, but they're, they're a great group of people uh, to contribute to as well. Really, anybody who's pushing the rosary and trying to get people to pray this a devotion because it's a devotion that is promised a lot of things for us and uh, you know our lady has appeared so many times to so many different people she's always holding the rosary or pushing the rosary she's trying to draw people's attention to the rosary and no one's listening so I'm, I'm here trying to lend a little bit of a, a loudspeaker to that effort I guess anyway that's all that's all of that is said and done uh, so I want to pray today for S, for his new endeavors at work, uh, for his continued well-being. Uh, and uh, let's see, today's uh, Monday, so we'll be praying in Latin. So go ahead, get your rosaries out. And uh, let's turn our hearts and our minds to God uh, to pray to, uh, to pray for, uh, for S. In nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in Ceris, sanctificator nomen tu, adveniat regnum tu, fia voluntas tua, sicur in cielo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et dimidi nobis debita nostra, sicur et nos dimidimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. 
Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patri et Fidio et Spiritui Sancto, Sicurerat in Principio et Nunc et Semper et Seculus Seculorum. Amen. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordia, Vita Dulceno et Spes Nostri, Salve. Ad te clamamus, exulis filia evi, ad te suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hac lacrimarum, vale. Ea ergo, advocata nostra, Ilos tuas misericordes oculos ad nos converte. Et Jesum viatum fructum ventris tui, nobis post hoc exilium ostende. O clemens, o pia, o dulce virgo Maria. Ora per nobis, sancta Dei genetrix, ut digni officiamur permissionibus Christi. Oremus. Pour forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ, thy Son, was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. O St. Joseph, patron of workers, we ask thy intercession on behalf of the servant of God who has been the beneficiary of our prayers and of the great mercies of God that whatever new endeavors he is made to undertake 
he will undertake with thy protection and with thy continuous intercession for his success, his well-being, and the continued fulfillment, worldly fulfillment, given him by his work. And this we ask in the name of our God, whom you were given the grace to be foster father, and who liveth and reignest with God the Father and the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. In all our daily trials and all our daily tribulations, great and small, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Sacratissimum Coriezu, miserere nobis. Sacratissimum Coriezu, miserere nobis. Sacratissimum Coriezu, advenia regnum tuum. Domini Patris, Fidiot, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. I realized as I started to pray that I forgot to do all of my normal housekeeping things. If you have a prayer intention, which we do, just pray for someone. If you would like me, uh, us to pray for you, uh, you can write that intention in to daily decade requests at protonmail.com. That's decade, D-E-C-A-D-E, requests in the plural at protonmail.com. Uh, you'll also find us on Gab, just like with Telegram. I just haven't been there for two weeks, so uh, I'm going to start posting on Gab again, but you can get on Gab and uh, drop us a line over there. Uh, Telegram's another one. And we are syndicated on ExodusAmericanist.com. So if you have uh, anything you can comment on, uh, anything that I post on there, uh, you can comment on it on there as well. And, uh, you know, there's all sorts of different ways to get uh, prayer requests to us. And I've got a couple of groups that I'm part of that I try to draw uh, prayers from so that we can uh, make sure that everybody's got the support that they need. Death is a funny thing, uh, the way that it uh, draws out different kinds of recollections in people. We all, I think, want to have the good fortune to die surrounded by family and those we love and the legacy that we're leaving behind. That's, I think, a goal for most normal people is to have that. And it's also a great uh, sort of it, you could tell how much normal people desire it, how normal a desire it is, because of how deep it cuts when one of these people who are preaching the child free life, you remind them what that means for them at the end of all things, and the visceral reaction that you get from that uh, or one of the other trolls that I've seen, a lot of um, people doing online uh, these women who do not live uh, godly lives uh, as, as, as a woman should uh, and have uh, spat in the face of God to artificially prevent the conception of any children uh, who worship the world and try to do what men do and work their whole lives and not because they have to but because they want to um, the uh, 
the uh, troll that I've seen online is for them to send pictures of empty egg cartons, which I thought was really rather clever and somewhat more subtle than one usually encounters on uh, uh, online. And the visceral reaction that you have from people to seeing things like this, it underlines how important and how normal the desire to have children, have a family, have a legacy, and be surrounded by them at death is. When we are all buried, there's a sort of cope that a, that the godless have where no one will come to their graves, where, you know, it doesn't matter anyway, we're, we're all just going to be, you know, it's, uh, there is nothing, so the, even the grave doesn't matter. That, that's, a, that's a cope. It causes people pain to think about the fact that no one will come to their grave and tend their grave. And I had the opportunity while I was visiting family to go to an old family cemetery and tend to the graves there, which is a little bit more difficult because there's fewer and fewer of us these days to go and do it, and we're so far spread apart because of the way things have sort of broken down. But uh, we were able to go up and, and pray before pray by the graves and, and tend the graves. and There's... I think the reason why it causes people so much pain to think that these things are not to be theirs is because they're not getting anything for what they're giving up. The church has long asked people to give up these things, give up their legacies, give up their uh, descendants, and a family. The church has long asked people uh, to do that for the sake of Christ. And that's, you have that in, in monasteries, you have it in convents, you have it in, in the priesthood itself. There is a surrender. And that surrender is often, we, we often think about that as sort of, as following the example of our Lord, because he himself was celibate. Uh, the perfect man had no need for the fair sex. Uh, it was not part of, uh, of his humanity. Uh, he, was, uh, he was, as, all, as many of the prophets uh, were, completely celibate, St. John the Baptist as well. Now, we usually think of celibacy in the priesthood as following that example, but I'd like to propose an alternative, because I was thinking about it as I was at the funeral that I attended. You know, St. Joseph when he died had no legacy to speak of he would have no one really to tend his grave and indeed if we are to believe the uh, teaching the le- the teachings and the um, and the history of the church no one did tend his grave our blessed mother moved with saint john to anatolia far from the land of saint jo- of joseph And we know that on the cross, our blessed Lord said to his mother, Behold thy son, thus entrusting her to St. John, because she had no one else. There was no one in the family of Joseph left. And the church teaches us that Joseph had no other children. I know the Orthodox and some Protestants disagree on that particular point, but just for the sake of argument, let's take the Catholic view here. Just, Just for the sake of the illustration I'm making. Joseph married the Blessed Mother, never consummated the marriage. He was denied 
the legacy, the descendants. He gave all that up for the sake of Christ so that he would be a father to Christ alone who would leave him in the grave because he valued things that were higher than anything that could be gotten here on earth. Now, there is an example of this. This is, this is, a, this is not merely a, a Christian virtue. This is something that actually antedates Christianity and exists outside of it. I thought very much as I was sort of working through this, I thought of Achilles. You know, there's that great bargain that, that is struck for Achilles. He's offered one of two paths. He can either uh, die in old age, surrounded by family with children and a sort of private legacy that no one will that no, there will be no fame attached to it, but he'll have his legacy and his name will live on in the form of children. Or he can die in battle young. He will die young, but his name will live forever. And no one will ever forget the name of Achilles. And Achilles chooses the latter option. And this was considered by the Greeks to be a virtuous decision. And moreover, when the Renaissance Italians rediscovered all of this, they too saw the virtue in it. And they were primed for that. Because that's the fame that Achilles gains is the most the pagan Greek could hope to gain. They can't gain salvation after all. That was, that was their salvation. Fame was heaven. The Elysian Fields is a place where great heroes whose names will never die, all went. It's a form of, it's a form of the Christian heaven that doesn't really understand. It's sort of like the Muslims, you know, they have their 42 virgins, their 72 virgins and, on, and the feasting and all of that uh, that goes on in their heaven. It's a very material heaven. And, and the Greeks had the same thing. Pagans, all pagans have the same thing. We don't. We have something of a higher heaven. But the self-denial that is necessary to gain that heaven is still very much alive in Christianity, more so in Christianity, I think, even than among the pagans. Speaking of Achilles and his decision, you know, uh, there's that uh, reflection, I think it's um, Yukio Mishima, the, the, Itali- the, the Italian, <laughs> the Japanese author, uh, he had written about how in the ancient world everyone died in their 30s, how beautiful heaven must have looked then. Uh, now it must be terribly ugly. Of course, he again, he again has this pagan sensibility. The sacrifice for God grants unto one a sort of spiritual youth that never dies. And St. Joseph, there's this argument over whether St. Joseph was an old man or a young man. I, I don't see the point of it. The church has for a very long time taught he was an old man. My position is he was. But either way, I don't think it's a point of argument. It's not really all that important. Because St. Joseph was a young man in that he had the spiritual youth. And I don't mean spiritual immaturity here. I mean spiritual youth. The full vigor of sainthood. In his, even, even in his old age, whether he was old or young, he had the same spiritual vigor 
the same sense of asceticism, the same strength of soul that made him fit for heaven. And he gave up probably the most natural and important thing that we as human beings can have, which is the legacy of our children, our grandchildren, our families. And he gave that up in order to raise up the man who was to be the savior, the Messiah, the Messiah of all of his people. Joseph gives up his himself and his family for his entire people. And by extension for all of mankind, but when we talk about St. Joseph and he talks about he understand his understanding of the Messiah, he gave these things up for his people. And it was no small thing to give up. You know, the, the proverb is, uh, as arrows in the quiver of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Uh, St. Joseph was going into battle with, very, with no arrows in his quiver, so to speak. He didn't have children of the youth. He didn't have all of the... He, he didn't have this legacy. But St. Joseph, nevertheless receives his reward, his heavenly reward. And with that heavenly reward, there is a certain amount of worldly reward to it. After all, here I am talking about him. We all pray to him. He's incredibly important in the Holy Church. Uh, and he's upheld as such. So he has his, I suppose he has a worldly legacy to speak of. All the saints do. But more importantly, he has that great reward, that beatific vision in its fullness, that no other person or thing other than Jesus Christ could possibly impart on someone. And so, when we think about sacrifices, and that's really what we're talking about here, is sacrifice. We can sacrifice important things for nothing. These women, they give up the, their childbearing years for the satisfaction of social approval. And what good does it do them? Men do the same thing. They go through their lives, they never settle down, find a wife and get married. They pursue, this is, this is the Ebenezer Scrooge type, right? He gives up the woman to pursue wealth and money and financial security. He enjoys, and all of the, uh, all of the feasting turns to ash in his mouth, so to speak. You know, it's, he, has, he has no enjoyment from any of it. He doesn't actually reap any rewards. It's all hollow and meaningless and empty. But that doesn't mean that sacrifice is meaningless. It's what you sacrifice for. And all of us are called to sacrifice things for something greater. So if we give up those things which are most natural, most edifying, most valuable, like a family, a legacy, then we better make sure that we're giving those things up for something much greater than any human reward. And likewise, if we're pursuing those things and building a family, 
we had better hope. We had better make efforts, I should say. Don't just hope. <laughs> work. We had better work that those things likewise tend towards this greater glory for having not given them up for the rewards of heaven and of the service of God then we do not enjoy the, the rewards that come with the sacrifice so we had better work doubly hard since we have not made the sacrifice that these things which we have not given up tend towards the glory of him for whom we have not sacrificed them for all value comes from Him. And so it's my prayer today that all of us, whatever sacrifices we make, we always make them with God in mind. And whatever sacrifices we choose not to make, we turn those things to His greater glory. That no matter what we pursue, what we keep, what we give up, all things that we have and all things that we choose not to have lead us and indeed carry us to heaven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.